Jay, uh, can't thank you enough for hosting us out here in Mississippi. We've been doing business for, what, three, four years now? Yeah. And uh, it's been awesome watching your business grow and develop uh, as ours has. And we've been talking about getting together for a long time. And this has just been a fantastic trip. So appreciate appreciate you having us here and, and appreciate your family for being such great hosts. It was, uh, I know you remember we had put that big job together in New Mexico and had the deal done and fixed to go work for a man I've never met before. And <laughs> one day I was walking down a hall and I said, you know, we fixed it. We, we fixed paid a lot of money out here on this thing. I ain't ever met this man before. So called you up and went out there, me and my wife, met you and your wife and uh, ended up hitting it off. Had a great, great time and supper that night and didn't even have a contract with you. And we shook hands on it and you said, I'm a man of my word. And I said, well, all right, well, we're going we're gonna to see. And you've been a man of your word. And uh, I think we've just about completed the whole job before we really had the contract locked in. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that was a great job. It was a great experience. And, you know, for us to, I think the true testament is when it was done, we've done more work together. Correct. And that's, that's <laughs> always a true sign of if, uh, no matter what anybody says at the end of the job, but if, you know, if you don't work for each other again, then there's, there was a problem somewhere that may not have been brought up. But as we continue to be it, we're working for you now and uh, quoting some stuff for you now. So hopefully it seems like you may have been satisfied with us and you know that I've got to make money and I know that you got to make money. And, and it's, it's fun to team up with someone that understands that. And, you know, if you need some help on something, you call me. If I need some help on something, we call you and we get it done, keep moving for project forward and make the owner happy. Well, spending the last, I guess, 24 to 48 hours together has been exciting because I've got a chance to see your operations, listen to your history, and listen to the evolution of the business uh, that is now Shackelford Construction and Hauling and other entities. But tell me a little bit about the beginning. What, when did you wake up and decide Shackelford Construction and Hauling was going to be your your, your new way of life? Well, I was managing fish ponds when I was, uh, which is a big thing in the Mississippi Delta. And I did that for 10 years managing several years before that working and uh, got into construction business with the guy that uh, was in the construction business. And I was moving dirt on the ponds and stuff, rebuilding levees and, and putting pipes in and stuff like that. Uh, and we went in business, we had a partnership, did good. We decided to go our separate ways and, uh, I decided to get out uh, okay. at the time and went and sold equipment uh, for Komatsu and, you know, just always liked it and uh, loved it. I always wanted to do something outside, uh, smell the dirt and, you know, sweat and sometimes tears. <laughs> but uh, then got back in with, uh, with, with some people and ran a company for them with a small percent ownership in it. And uh, we did a lot of commercial work on that and i ran that company for five years for them and had a lot of family involved in the company and all and uh unfortunately i went through a divorce at the time and decided i needed to make a change in my life so i i left them and went to uh went back to selling equipment one of my other wow. friends called me and he had swapped over to another dealership and he goes man what you gonna do and he said come sell for me you know so i sold for them uh for h &E equipment out of louisiana that branch here and uh did that very well and and you know supported my family and all but at the same time i was 
I had in the back of my head, you know, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna get back in. So I was I was buying a little bit of equipment because I was seeing used equipment around. So I, you know, if I come across a deal, I'd buy a little bit of equipment and stuck it in my shop. And you know, weekends I'd work on it, and do some stuff here and That's there, cool. and just kind of just gradually. And then we, uh, my wife wanted to. She's been a teacher for then it was 20 years or whatever. And, uh, she didn't know what she wanted to do when she got out, but she knew she wanted to work. So we started a little landscape business, uh, here in the edge of the city. And oh, really? so rocks and she had pottery and, and, um, I had a bulldozer and rubbed our backhoe and six yard truck. And the game got a late yard truck and on weekends I'm helping run around and doing stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And after school, my, my daddy run it. Uh, he was retired from military 42 years and, he run it and during the day and then she got off work, she'd come over there and that was gonna be her deal. And you know, we was doing driveways and then we got into some ponds and this, that, and the other. Slowly and, building. You know, just, just kind of slowly building, building it out. And uh I just, you know, finally started uh one of my son Reeves. Uh he come back and wanted to do some work around. So uh she's actually got a company still called Down to Earth that she owns hundred really? percent. And that's does, what does we, landscaping? No, we don't do any landscaping now. Uh, we she has done some work for like Yates and stuff at the federal prison. Okay, where that uh, even though she's not certified sure. as as a uh, woman owned business, but she is classified as a hundred percent woman owned business. So that does help in some of it. And she did some work uh, out there. Uh, she owns equipment, and uh, so we use her equipment, and she uses my equipment sure. when we get a case. Had done much in. In a long time, yeah. Uh, so Reeves ran it. We just started doing commercial work here and there, and uh, got the opportunity from uh, a friend of mine. Said, "Look, the Bakken's hitting in North Dakota, and uh, you need to look at some of these prices that that they're getting up there. They really? can't get enough enough people up there, enough equipment up there." And I started looking at the prices, and they were about twenty five percent higher than what we can get here. Wow! And uh, so I. I Looked at it real hard, and my wife kept been telling me, "Look, that's what you want to do. It's what you love. You need to go back in business. The boys want to go back in business." Which Clint was in high school, and uh, so we started shopping for construction then. And I left the equipment world and moved up north and went up there. Uh, you know, it's you get about halfway up there, and you got three low boys behind you, and five more low boys coming behind that with equipment, which. You know, wasn't my low boys, but yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't haul that far with, with the old truck I had. And we went up there and my son Hunter had graduated uh, college and was selling uh, trucks at the Mac place and was still going to do through physical therapy, uh, what he's majoring in. And he come back to me and he goes, look, I, I need a break from school. I, yeah. I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. Uh, let me go run your North Dakota stuff. We still had a commercial, and that was going to be all oil field work. So sure. he said, let me go run that uh, for a year or two, however long you're there, and uh, I'll decide what I want to do then. So he, we moved up there, and uh, he stayed up there for 18 months, come home four times. Wow. We moved a lot of dirt. Uh, we was in Watford City, North Dakota, and – we got there just as it was starting. So you want we met the locals guys. and just hit it off with they hit the ground. Very, hard, very yeah. nice people up there. And you know, they just took us under their wings. I mean, you just you know, you go in there and you order fuel from the fuel company and they bring it to you and you know, 
leave and I didn't send you a bill, you know, and I call it like, hey, I figured y'all want to check, you know. He goes, yeah. Oh, when you back in town come. I never met these people. Really? Yeah, they were that trustworthy. And, That's cool. And, you know, we go up there and get talking. That's cool. Good people out there. And it, and it was, and it was kind of yeah. strange up there because all the women run the stores. They run the parts houses, the tractor dealership, you know, parts in the tractor dealership. But all the men are out in the uh, no oil field, field and the cattle ranches. Uh, I got you. So the women do that. And let me tell you, they were sharp. Yeah. Uh, but Hunter stayed up there and, and uh, ran that when I run a commercial division. And, and I was flying up there, swap planes four or five times, get up there and, you know, puddle jumpers to, I mean, just, I mean, it, it was a nightmare up there and no rental cars. I mean, it was just one day Missy had me in a, u-haul truck i rode all over north dakota in a u-haul truck with signs all over the side of it and all wow. was, you know it's the only thing we had and i was like i gotta have a car baby and a truck and she's like i got you one i don't know if you're gonna argue or not i said well, where is it at she said go to the u-haul place and pick it up yeah. i did that twice they had me in a van one day really but i mean it went over here what types of projects were these up there they were all oil field projects that uh would go in there and, so pads you know, they, was, and yeah, they were doing and, they were doing huge pads up there so and they have what they call the froth law. Once the ground starts freezing, uh, you, you can you can move equipment. Well, it's hard to move equipment when the roads are iced over. Yeah. But when it starts thawing out, until it gets completely thawed, it's a froth law and you can't move equipment. So there's, really? there's times in there you may not be able to move equipment two or three months. So they would go in there and build these big pads, or we would build these big pads. So what they'd do, they've got these rigs that they would – punch hole in the ground when they got through drilling they'd get them up and walk them to another place and they may drill four five six holes on one pad oh i got you, you know so because they can drill any direction they want to now yeah yeah so we did that uh luckily like i said we got in early and there was a bunch of uh, there were some guys up there developers that we started working for building industrial parts for mm -hmm. uh and that's kind of what guys made us survive was because they'd write me a check every friday well, yeah. I was having to wait a while on the oil companies for that check to come in. So we we so cash flow was was a big part in that. Big part in that. I mean, you got a lot of money tied up, and you know, oil companies pay very well, but they pay very slow sometimes, yeah. uh, especially when as much going on as as that is. So, yeah, yeah, they kept us busy, and and uh, then we got over and and just so happened a friend of mine bumped into another guy I know in Denver, and he's like, "What are you doing up here?" So I'm up in the Bakken. He's with Shaq's up there too. He said, yeah. Really? So I didn't think nothing about it. Well, they got in the bind. They were building some railroad. They got in the bind about two weeks later and he called me and he said, Man, you still up here? I said, Yeah. And he said, I need some equipment. And I said, Well, how many operators? He said, I don't need no operators. I just need equipment. He said, We got some operators. Well, my stuff, thank God, was busy. But sure. we had created a, a group up there because I'm telling you, it was like the Wild West. I mean, it was some crazy stuff going on up there. And it was a guy from Arkansas, yeah. me, a guy from Alabama, just some Southern boys that we got together. And if we needed help or something like that, we helped each other. We kind of let, you know, work for the oil companies, there's no problem getting yeah. money. But you better watch working for people who's coming from all over the so world. So how, how did the local, I mean, were there local earthwork companies up there that were – there were they weren't workers. really welcoming the the guys coming from the south. There no, was no, none of that. There were no bad boys it, it, it was so much work up there. No, there was there was none of that. I, really? I never. And the town I was in, uh, little community we was in, it, I really off the top of my head, I don't know of anybody that was even there that did dirt work. Now Williston, back that direction, yeah, that yeah. was that was a lot there. Uh, back toward uh, Monahans. I mean, you know, that was. But you got to remember now, it's it's. It's an oil field 
that has never really had done a lot of production. Sure. You know, they've had some ups and down booms, but once they started the fracking, then it, it changed. Up. We talked to locals like, why aren't y'all gearing up? I mean, y'all got one grocery store or one. He goes, man, we've seen booms before. I don't think you've seen this kind of boom. Y'all never yeah. fracked before. Yeah. And, you know, oil was 80, 90, up to $100 a barrel. And, you know, we had to change our equipment. We had to put new starter, heavy-duty starters on them. We had to put new different batteries in Because of the weather. All the new yeah. oil was different up there. So it took about $6,000 per piece of equipment to get, get it, it ready to work in the temperatures up there. Because there was times that we worked 12 below. Wow. And I mean, it's, it's, uh, you put a wrap up at 12 below, and, you know, and it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard thermal, to move dirt. We, we, thermal we, underwear on it. Look, and, and here's, you saying that, <laughs> we wouldn't let any of our people buy their clothes from around here. Yeah. You had to buy them up there. But what keeps you warm here don't keep you warm up there. It's yeah. different, different type clothing. So we bought all of our, all our clothes and stuff from up there for the guys and, yeah, yeah, so that was yeah, you probably can't find clothes down here that would even work. Not not that like that. Climate. Not like that. Yeah. yeah. And we learned a lot from the locals because we become friends with them and you know, they they yeah. they helped us a lot. Uh, some of the farmers, I mean, you know, it was time it was times we left our equipment running not 24 hours a day. Really? We would run it and then we would sit there and not run it. Uh, I mean, just let it sit there and idle all night long. Just to keep it warm. Keep it keep it warm. Uh, we wow. were we were shattering pins that were probably an inch, inch and a quarter pins on our dirt pans. And Jeez! When when we'd crank it up, and the guys would sit there and hit the hydraulics, that oil was so thick. And when it finally went through, those pins were so cold, it looked like somebody sheared a butter knife. I mean, I come back to Crabtree's down here, and they were, these were Crabtree pans, and I asked them, I said, "You got any bad metal that you come in?" He said, "No." And, I said, I've never seen a this type pin wear out, but I've never seen one break over the years. Yeah. I've been fooling with them for, you know, since the early 90s. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. like, there's no way. We showed him some pins, but just found out that that's just high code it got him. And you wouldn't think that that would happen. It's but crazy. Yeah. We we took, we towed tires around. We were like a bunch of gypsies running around with tires because we had to park all our equipment on tires to keep you know, on the ground, keep them freezing from the ground. When did you start moving in to the rail side well, of when things? He, when he called my buddy and wanted that equipment, I did get him some equipment over there from some friends. But they worked for two or three weeks using that equipment. Where about yeah. three or four weeks later, he called me and he said, look, I need your equipment. I need your men. I need your superintendent. Everything. I need everything. And luckily, I said, luckily, I just worked out. We had just got through with a big oil pad. Yeah. And the permits were slow, so I, I was kind of hung up with nothing to do. So we went over there, and next thing I know, we was working for him for two months. And uh, first time we'd ever built rail, and he had all their guys that really uh, was there showing us what to do and how they wanted stuff like that. And we we built all that. And next thing I had, I had everything I had over there, and they had gotten in a pretty good bind, and and we bailed them out of it. And so you were I, you were supplementing then? You yes. were helping somebody else yes. get a job knocked out? Really? So. Turned around and they liked our work, like what we did. Uh, asked me would I go to San Antonio, and I told them it was a hell of a lot closer than North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. I'll go. Yeah. And winter was coming on, so we went down to uh, San Antonio and started building track for them there. And 
then they wanted more equipment, more equipment, more equipment. Yeah. And it worked out perfect because we was coming into the next winter. And I won't never forget, we got everything out. And you had to go through what we call the Badlands. It was real deep coming up. And Stephen that you met yesterday, yep, he was driving a low boy for me. So people have been with me. You know, we've They've had all kinds of positions. Sure. And uh, he called me and he said, snowstorm's coming in, boss. He said, I hope I can get out here in the morning. Really? So he, he started that morning and he took off. And, and he, he told me, he said, it's snowing behind me like we see rain kind of following us. And he said, if I can just get through the Badlands, he said, I think I can make it. And now he liked to not made it up the hill on the other side, spinning just a little bit as it's snowing. And uh, we made it on in close to South Dakota. Wow. And he pulled over. It got dark, pulled over. And the next morning, he was going to head out if he could. And the fog, the fog, he took pictures of it. You could not see the hood of the truck. Is that bad? Just fog. Jeez. I mean, and I said, look, don't take no chance on that. If it's, if, you know, there's no way. He said, well, there's a heavy hauler beside me. He's got an escort. He said, they're steady on the phone trying to do like we. Sure. He said, well, as soon as he pulls out, I'm pulling out right behind his escort. And uh, sure enough, it, it, it he slightened up there. a little bit. And he said he took off. And he said, I took off behind him. He oh, said, look, it wasn't five miles down the road. It was completely gone. Wow. And they made it all the way to Texas. And we ain't, we ain't been, we ain't been back to North Dakota. We've been to Montana working sure. and stuff like that. But not in the winter. That's a that's so brutal. Was the, was the San Antonio work uh, loop track work? Or what kind no, of work it was, was that it was on in the rail? A, it was in Kelly Airfield. It was old air base. Uh -huh. And uh, we built some track through there, just some storage tracks. Okay, uh, I've been back there a couple times and and added on through it. So that was that was a new experience. Went in there on some of it was concrete across the old air base, and we just put sub battles on top of it and went on. Really? Yeah, it was uh, had inlets and stuff that we we put steel plates yeah. over, and we turn around and just come through, and that that was kind of a strange deal when on my second rail job to. To so build, but after that, we've worked for them for nine years, and they, that was about nine years ago when mm -hmm. that all went down. Yep, wow. So, we got into rail business, and uh, you know, rail business is very, very hard to get into. Sure. A lot of my buddies try to get in for years, and but once you get in like that, then I turn around and you know, bid a job with one of them, and they'd lose, and they'd say, Look, call, call so and so company, you know, they yeah, tell them I told you to call. Yep, and I tell them to call, and they say, well, Yeah, send me your number. And next thing I know, we work for that rail company and then another wow. rail company. And it just, they all know each other. It's a yeah. huge industry, but it's a very, very, very small group of individuals yeah. that everybody knows each other. And you know how that works. It oh, is, yeah. If you mess up, you're done. the whole industry knows. Yep. So you have to, uh, you know, it's, it's, and it's, you know, it's a dangerous job. It's, uh, you, we're working side moving trains all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, fooling with a lot of toxic chemicals like explosives of chemicals and then we started working in the chemical plants doing rail and then that got us working straight for the chemical plants so it, that that helped us expand into that so and that's that's just kind of how we how we got going so right now the the primary services that shackle for your core business is earthwork and then you do do some utility we talked about that a yes little bit. We, we're mostly probably, drainage right we're probably it, it varies depending on the oil business is is probably where it varies a lot. The chemical, chemical plant business and rail is pretty steady. Uh, the rest of it in the oil business, we'll run 50% rail in the company and years we may get up to 65-70% rail. Then other than that, it'd be chemical plants. And then when you get involved, you'll do a little utility. I never go bid just a utility job. Yeah. I have people call me and that's just, we're just not set up 
so to do stuff like that. If we got some utilities on our jobs, then yeah, we'll do it. If we're GC in a job and it's a big job with a lot of bulk dirt, we're moving half a million, million yards, something like sure. that, I may sub the utilities out. Yeah. It may be two hundred. You gotta look at it both of, ways to say what right. makes most sense and that's right. where are you performing the work if it's yeah. a place that you can get a local guy. Well, those guys are in the trenches all the time. Yeah. They've, they've got it down just perfect the way they do it, and and that's what we do on moving bulk dirt. So we do what we do best, and I'll hire somebody to do what they do best. That makes sense. One of the things I've noticed that you do really well is branding and marketing of the Shackleford brand. Everybody's got logos on their shirts. You've got logos on the truck. How – who's uh, – who came up with first the S, the Shackleford? Tell me about the Shackleford logo here. A little you know, bit. we we sat there and and you know we always had Shackleford on stuff like that. And uh, when we first started, and my wife kept just kind of looking through. I don't even know what she was looking through, and she found this font of this certain S. Yeah. Uh, I, can't, I can't even think of the font of now, but uh, she said, "What do you think about this?" I said. I like that. It's different. Yeah. It's a different S than, than and it's a pretty cool looking S. I said, yeah. yeah, let's use that. So we we stuck it on letterhead, stuff like that. And still not not really focused on it. And we had a I don't even remember who it was, where it was, guys, we were talking about goes, Y'all the one with that red S. And it went bing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you so you noticed that S. <laughs> Good or bad, you yeah. noticed the S. Yeah. So that's when I just tried to blow it out of water. I mean, S yeah. on as much as I can. Uh, you know, hard hats, good. We got the S on. I mean, that's that's what we lead with with everything. Sure, there. sure. So and it's and it's you know, and that's you need you know you want somebody to remember you. Yeah. But you know, everybody remembers somebody doing a great job. Or everybody doing a bad job. But you know, you, you say, what was the name of that comic? You know, they got that red S. Yep. You know, so it's some something real small that it sticks in their mind. Yeah, catches their eye. So that's when we blew it out. And, you know, our colors were white. Our, our trucks are all white. 18 wheelers wide. You know, everything we got is white. And then, you know, black tube boxes and stuff. And then red lettering on it. And sure. I, I try to do it all the same uh, colors and stuff. Because, again, it's they see that over there, or company or something like that. They, you know, oh, that's Shackford. It looks like Shackford. It looks like Shackford. You know, I get yeah. calls all the time. It looks like a Shackford truck. Come down, I saw in some state, and I said, we're over there working. That's right. When you're bringing new guys in, I mean, you have a lot of guys that have tenure. They've been here a long time. Mm -hmm. It's impressive. I've met guys that have been here. I mean, your your company's really, you compared to some of these other construction companies that have been in business, multi-generational, 60 years, 80 years, 100 years, 10 years old, right? Plus right. or minus. Yep. Uh, and a lot of guys have been with you eight years, nine years, or the the entire time. When you're bringing in new folks, what and you set them in the conference room and you're kind of giving the intro to welcome the welcome aboard talk. What are some of the things that you try to instill in your employees right out of the gates from a culture perspective or from an expectations perspective? One of the first things that I tell them is that and it was the same way I was and it's the same way it used to be. And which a lot of people still look like that is, you know, you're just throwing dirt smoke coming out you know you're 100 wide of stuff like that and the first thing i tell them like we don't work 100 wide open yeah we work 80 percent yeah wide open now when your feet hit the ground you're 100 mm -hmm. but safety purposes you know and we have we have we have trouble sometimes bringing guys uh that's never been in our field of chemical plants stuff like that sure. and, you know 
you know, it, you know we don't dig any buckets with teeth on them. We have flat bars on all of them, and that's for you know hitting lines on these. You know, you you can you can mark them, you can look at them, but you know we found one. Thank God, we found one yesterday on a job that was not marked, and you know, really? especially in plants, because you know where are the plants. Well, you know. We had a fire, you know, 25 years ago, and it's destroyed those plans, and so-and-so's dead or retired that yeah. knew where he is. So they don't know where these are. So, I mean, yeah. it's 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 just slow digging, and then we get into places like that. We have a spotter there that's always watching as he's digging down through there. So I, I have to get that through, and, they, and, it, and it takes a while for yeah. some of them to, to grasp that because they, they've been pushing, They want to go pushed. wide open. They want to go wide produce. open, and that's all they've been told is push. Like, yeah. no, we're going to sit back. And we're steady. And we yeah. work seven days a week. You know, I'd like to take off on Sundays, you know, every weekend. But, you know, chemical plants and railroads don't stop. They work seven yeah. days a week, 24 hours a day. So, you know, I said, look, we, we average every job 65, 70 hours a week. Uh, we rotate men out. Uh, we bring them in or they just, you know, they work it out where they each one of them takes off at certain times. Uh, we, we always give people if. Because our guys don't abuse it, and they—I yeah. mean—they'll work out a month or something. And most of the time, you know, we were going to work at least thirteen ones. So, you know, comes the day you got to finally let somebody and say, "No, go home." Well, I, yeah. I need—I want—I want to keep working. No, you no. go home. You know, or, and maybe not home. They just may be at their apartment, or yeah. you know, to, to clear their head and safety reasons, stuff like that, and fatigue. So. You know, we it takes a while to introduce them to that, and um, then I and I tell them, I said, look, I, first of all, I don't want to be a huge company. You know, there's there's people that just want to be, yeah, you know, top company and all that, and I don't know. To me, it seems like the the bigger the company is, the less the percentage is yeah. at profits, yeah. and and you start losing. It's harder to maintain the culture. It's harder to to right. have a feel for what's going on in in the company, and so. As the business owner, you start to feel even disconnected with what's going on day to day. And and the day to day for a lot of us is what we enjoy the most. You right. know, I mean, I'd prefer to be out visiting the job sites and talking to the guys and meeting with customers than dealing with the business side or the headache side of administering. You know, I don't feel like I can get anything done in this office. Yeah. Here. I mean, I'm, I'm still an outside person and it heals my soul to sit in this office and, you know, answer. 200 yeah. emails over the week and something like that. But it's, you know, and, and we're, we're family business. You know, my wife, when she'd get out of school, 3.30, she'd get home. She'd work 10 o'clock at night. Sure. She did our books. Then when Lori, we got Lori working, she did all of our safety and stuff. And she's just now kind of retiring and kind of getting out of uh, over the last year of cutting back. Because yeah. we got so big and she traveled with me so much, it's hard for her to handle everything. Sure. And, uh so we've had to pass that on and, and rules and regulations and steady chain and stuff. So, you know, she stopped 25 years and then she's worked here for 10 years. So she, she, she's like, okay, now we got grandkids come along now <laughs> yeah. and all I'm, I'm, I want She wants to enjoy some I of that. I want to spend some time like yeah. that. So we did that. And, uh, but we, with my son, three sons, uh, I got five children, daughter in college, one uh, works federal bureau of prisons and then the three there. So, you know, I, it's a family business. Uh, yeah. You know, and I and, and I want I want my. It's not only family of, of blood, but it's sure. I, I want to look at everybody that works for me as family. And then I tell them that I tell them all the time. I said, look, you're you're going to become a part of the family here at Shackleton. Yeah. And you know, if 
you're used to cussing and screaming and jumping up and down and you know all that you, you probably don't want to work here because you're yeah. not going to last here long yeah you know as i said yesterday i mean we're we're with each other more than we're with our real families sure so you know guys are rooming together yeah, get along riding the vehicle together and on job sites and you know i tell them i said you know whether you like somebody that much or don't like them don't like the way their hair is just don't like me you're still your brother's keeper on job yeah we still look out for each other make sure you know my my theory is uh, not really theory but when you pass another piece of equipment pass a person whatever you're not always looking at your equipment you know you look at that piece of equipment when it goes by it could be something behind him that he can't see or dragging yeah. underneath he can't see. So you're always yeah. checking each other's equipment. You're always watching somebody that's on the ground. Yeah. You know, always keep an eye on each Looking other. Looking out for each other. Because it's the first time I feel like, you know, and I've seen past on job sites years ago of, you know, something happened and somebody and they're sitting over there laughing at them because it happened. You you laugh if something's going to happen, you ain't working here. Yeah. You know, no. if, you, if you saw something you could have prevented, you're not going to work here. That's right. One of the things you mentioned early on, and I haven't, uh, you've invited us out to, to, to see it, is the Christmas event that you all have, your Christmas party. You do something special for your employees at the end of the year, don't you? Tell me yeah, about that. We, you know, we, we come in here and, and like I said earlier, we have our safety meeting, stuff like that. And then we brought them all to my house. I've got a big barn out there and, and uh, we'd have a band out there and invite their, their wives they come stuff wow. and you know give them a chance to enjoy themselves and you know we have it catered and people come in I, I i did stop that last year uh it got to be people showing up that i didn't even know <laughs> okay i mean you turn around so and i'm going like hey i know we've hired a couple of few new guys but uh and everybody and, you know then we're all asking each other yeah. nobody knows and it's just we're in a small town community and we've been doing it for you know nine years and then it's just more and more people kept showing up you know it, word spread uh Shackford's having their party yeah, yeah. Christmas party. People so just showing what up. i did last year was at the end i hired a caterer come in in the shop okay and where we do our safety and you know we put a little bit of music on right there and just gave people a chance to socialize yeah we cook quail and Oh, all that's cool. Of, oh, yeah. So a prime rib, I think, and quail is what it was. And, you know, everybody kind of sit back and enjoy themselves and do it like that. And I'm going to keep doing it like that. And maybe nobody else shows up. I can lock the yeah. gates here. We had, uh, I think it was two years ago, similar thing. Christmas parties growing to the point where there's 100 plus or minus people showing up. And you're looking around trying to remember everybody, who they are, spouses, remember names. And there are these two ladies there having a drink, they're at the bar, they're walking around, and I'm scratching my head, I'm going, who are these ladies? I've never seen them before in my life. And then I started asking other people, do you, do you know who these ladies are over here? So finally, I had to walk over there, and I'm like, I'm sorry, uh, what are y'all's names, and and uh, who are you affiliated with here? And, and they said, oh, we're here on behalf of the mayor. And I thought, hmm, that sounds interesting. Because the mayor wasn't invited to this party. <laughs> and they had a stack of cards from the mayor's office that they either printed or got. And they were just handing them out saying, we're, we're here on behalf of the mayor. And they were having a good old time drinking at the bar. <laughs> I told them, look, I think y'all need to pack it up and, and, and go tell the mayor uh, we said it's sorry, a, but it's, it's, a, it's amazing how creative some people can be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Free so food and drinks. We, we had the mayor crash the Christmas party this year. 
but you no, know, it's it's interesting as you grow and scale you know you want to stay in contact with the people the culture be hands-on but sometimes you just can't you can't be everywhere at once you can't okay. be on all the jobs how do you how that do you was, manage through that as you as that was as a you hard grown? thing for some of my guys that's like don yeah you know as we started because i talked to them you know every day two three times a day and uh, then when Lori got here, Lori's talking to him about something every day, every day. And, you know, I, I looked up one day and every time I turned around, Lori's on the phone, I, you know, kind of listening and stuff like that. And she gets to see what she's checked with. Oh, Lori, how many times a day are these guys calling you? She said, well, you know, half my day's been. And I was like, we, we can't get nothing done in an office like this. Yeah. So I finally, you know, at the end of the year, when we all got together, I said, look, Lori's off limits. I mean, y'all cannot call. She can't get her work done, you know. And and then I finally got to the point I had to tell them. I said, guys, y'all, I, I can't talk to – I was still talking to my superintendent. Sure. But I was talking to operators and stuff calling me during the day. Yeah. Texas is, you know. I told them one day, I said, look, guys, I said, I'm sorry, but I said, you know, look around the room how many people we got. If everybody calls me 15 minutes a day – I said, I'm going to spend 20 hours it's talking done. to everybody and yeah. no time for me to do my work. And uh, I said, I just, you got to go through your foreman, your superintendent, your superintendent go to your project manager. And then, you know, project manager made the call. They need to call uh, Hunter, the short head of operations of me. And boy, it was, well, that's hard. It was some hard, it, look, it, it hurt me. Because you got guys that, you yes. worked with direct may have yes. been side by side operating oh, equipment well, I, with. I direct. mean, you know, the, you know, and now you we were starting. I was running equipment too and doing book yeah. work at night and bidding jobs yeah. at night and running equipment during the day. And then next thing you know, you know, three or four years later, you just you got to cut that off. And um, you know, it, it it hurt me as much as it hurt them. And but but I just couldn't I couldn't get to it. And you know, yeah. it's. So and it's and it is taking a while to kind of even weave now the superintendents and you know Hunter has to you know he talks to them you know maybe talk to all of them once a day but uh, if not he's talked to them two or three times a week and if not because they're they're going to the project manager so sure. and if there's any big problems or something comes up or you know something that's uh, been changed or something they want us to look at something different they'll bring me in on it but you know I get the real fun stuff I get to deal with the insurance companies yeah. and banks and you know. All that kind of stuff that you know goes with. Sure, sure, sure. And, and you know, it's it's fun as I love running equipment and everything. Ended up, I got the worst turn job. Yeah, is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 horrible. I I hate a computer, and you know, I I can't work one hardly as it is. And you know, now I got two screens. I mean, yeah. like just to come in here, so you look this, this is, and, and you know, so next thing I know, they got me on two screens. I ain't never going to use two screens. I'm steady moving stuff over and looking. Also. Well, there's no, I mean, there's no handbook to how to do this job. There's no, there's no uh, running a business for dummies that you can just pick up and. And, and there's and a lot of times I wish there would have yeah. because you know we we sat there and and would have forms to fill out and the way we we're going to do stuff. Six months later, we have a new form. We have to do this. And, and I told them one, one year we was talking and had all of them giving us a look, guys. I know y'all think we're nuts in this office. Yeah. But we're growing so fast that we're outgrowing what we had, procedures we had. Sure. So Reeves had worked for uh, Sunland Pipeline Gas Company. And uh, 
So he was used to doing on a real big scale on jobs, you know, yeah, million, two million dollar jobs. And uh, so he come back to work for me and, you know, I had him writing our contract, redoing it. And I got with my lawyer and I said, OK, here's where we are now. I want to have everything in place that can double where we are now. Sure. So we don't have to. And it took him three or four months working with the lawyer, you know, for a simple contract, a big contract, uh, yeah. all of our change order forms. Just uh, to get your legal docs Every single out. thing and how the project managers, and I showed you a project manager book in there that, I mean, but yeah. every one of those, you know, we instill information from somebody else. We yeah. went in there and rewrote Built every single thing. The, company, the yeah. program, the bid program we use, uh, Reeves designed it. Oh really? Yeah, he 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 designed. He did an internship for Buddy Mines Construction Business, and uh, he designed their bid program, and they still use it to this day. Really? He said they've tweaked it some, That's but cool. the basis of it, and he's steady. He's steady building programs. If we get into something we've never done, yeah, you can bet it ain't gonna be long. We'll have a program. They have a system that does it. That's awesome. So he makes. So, he's trying to make it as easy on the other estimators as he can. Yeah. He'll have all these calculators built in things, no matter what we got. And uh, shows you, you know, if you got one track O and the distance you put in the speed and we know it's going to be traveling, you know, high fast for loading. And then it tells you how many trucks you need to have on it. You know, yeah. if it needs five trucks on it, eight trucks on it, two wow. trucks on it. So it just, he's always steady building something. You guys have grown tremendously over the years. What's next? Where are you going to take this thing? I've never, never had a goal for, I want to do X amount of money. Yeah. It's just, uh, I kind of had an idea of kind of where I wanted to be, you know, but I just never really set that goal to it. Uh, as long as I knew the percent of profit that I would like to try to make. Yeah. And, uh, we've done, we've done that and which we, we, we passed that number several years ago. Sure. And, uh, so it's just we've grown, we've grown every year we've been in business anywhere from 12% to 60%. Wow. And a 60% growth, the tail starts wagging the dog <laughs> and it gets real yeah. scary. I mean, yeah. you're, you're you're running around and and you know, you're getting things like we didn't have all the procedures in place to be that big. Yeah, sure. And you're running around. I mean, it's it's we lost. I, I lost all my hair that year. Yeah, right. <laughs> Me too. And if you look at my boys, you see the hair steady falling out of each one of them. So Well, you get you get to that point where you almost have to you don't want to slow down the growth. But the business has to catch up with the size of the organization, or you're just taking on more risk. No, you're you're outrunning right? you're outrunning your money. You're outrunning uh, your employees. You're outrunning your equipment. You're outrunning yeah. uh, your procedures. You're outrunning your safety. I mean, it's it's. I mean, yeah. it, it was that year. That year was wild. Uh, we didn't. Only year we did not grow was in 2018 we talked uh yesterday i think about all the rain yeah. we had the backlog we missed it by about two hundred thousand dollars we just barely missed um, it that year and we had the work but we rained out so much we just we couldn't do it so yeah, yeah. i kind of hurt my feelings a little bit i'd like yeah. to at least beat it by a dollar but <laughs> but the following year we turned around and that was like one of those 60 percent growths yeah uh, 19 was blew it up we've we've had several big growths but uh last year was a last year was a huge, huge growth year. Uh, and we're we're down a little bit this year in volume from from what we've had, have been doing, but the virus 
and pushing jobs off and people yeah. kind of holding off. So people don't want as many people on a job. You know, we schedule for 20 machines on a job where they want 10, you know, because they don't want safety meetings and stuff, have yeah. a bunch of people around. So it's it's been kind of a weird deal. Uh, percentage is fine. Sure. Percentage, matter of fact, percentage net profits up. Profits getting better. As you, well, I think, and as you keep refining your business, I mean, you, you've showed us several things over the last two days that you've tried to do more efficient, keep higher productivity, uh, and ensure that you can refine. If you're doing X amount of dollars in revenue, how can we do better bottom line on that same dollar amount? Even if you did the same volume, if we can do it better, we'll make more money at the end of the I'm, year. I'm always pulling my P&Ls uh, for july like you know every month so i had this year july when we closed out and last year july so you, i'm steady looking down through there and not looking at the money because the money can be up or down i'm looking sure. at percentages to see okay where did all right we this this specific item was 2.4 last year we're at 2.1 now so i don't worry about that i'm going through there now yeah. i see a gap where it was five percent and now it's 12 percent you need to drill then i'm fixing to find yeah. out what in the world's yeah. going on there and find out and it's like i told you uh our repairs have been been up this year bad uh we just a lot of off-road truck i mean uh water uh, truck problem stuff i've told you how i'm trying to fix that so yeah. when we see something like that we're trying to get into drilling dig into what's going to be uh you know we're never ever going to cut the a job on how we do it and the quality work we do. We're not we're not gonna cut a corner. Oh, yeah. I'll fire somebody, I'll lose money, where we're gonna do it. But we've always got to be looking to see how we can cut cost yeah. and make things more efficient. Yeah. Uh, you know, I see people all the time, uh, you know, why don't you work on your own stuff? Why don't you change your own oil? I'm not in mechanic business. Yeah. You know, I'm not in the service business. Um uh, I'm in the dirt business well, whatever, and whatever production keeps that equipment yeah whatever keeps that equipment running outruns whatever savings you're going to have by having some guy try to do your own oil versus I've, getting a shop i've done it i've done it both ways and you know i can save a little bit of money on services and stuff like that but that man's down uh that piece of equipment's down now we get it time where you know cat or komatsu's coming in uh well they'll call and go okay when's the best time of service Man, yeah. we, now, we can't the next two days, but we're going to be doing such and such. If you can be here at 10 o'clock or, or 6 o'clock that morning or 5 o'clock that afternoon. Back so we'll work. schedule it yeah. where that guy's doing something else. He comes in there and knocks it out and he's gone. Plus, yep. we don't have to worry about uh, the oil. You know, we're, we're not we're not worried about, uh, you know, we change oil in it. What are we going to do with it? Sure. You know, so they got uh, machines on there that sucks the oil out and then they carry it around with them and then they dispose of it the proper way. Right. Let's talk about current times a little bit because yesterday when we were talking, we're living and experiencing something that we've I never, never thought seen, I'd see. Never thought we'd see. It's almost like we're living in a sci-fi movie, walking around Houston and everybody's in a mask and social distancing. So like I'm in kids, another country. Kids are at home, not going to school. No sporting events are taking place. I mean, the the whole world is turned up, upside down. And so, how has that impacted you? And you know. What have you had to do to mitigate that the the major impacts to your business? Well, you know, you I'm sure you've done it. I'm sure most people have done it. And I wake up in the morning sometimes and I'm going like, man, I had a bad dream. And, and then as you as you're waking up, you're like, it's really not a dream. I mean, I had I've had that happen several times. Oh, yeah. It was weird. And uh actually, 
I don't know if you've been having a lot of dreams or not, but I was talking to a doctor friend of mine, and he said everybody has been complaining to him of dreaming more because everybody's out of their routine. Yeah. And things are different from them, so their mind is working really? all the time at night. And he said people's having a lot of, a lot of different dreams. So uh, if you had a bad dream, yeah. you know, it may, may know one. Associated now, with this. You know, we just, like we said yesterday, we've had to really work hard on changing uh way we do things of so you know you got people trained to watch uh alcohol abuse drug abuse you know even though we drug test randomly all the time i never know when i'm gonna get pulled anybody's get pulled but i've had to tell my people now my safety people my performance project managers pms everything is if you gotta watch everybody now if they're coughing stand away from everybody uh their eyes that just you know get kind of Baggy, saggy, almost like they're real tired or something like that. That's been some signs of COVID. Uh, if they're, you know, if they're having to go to the restroom more, uh, you know, to to watch out now and see. Yeah. And we've got heat guns where we we're checking temperatures on job sites. So uh, we do that. Plus, we've got some guys that uh, in the plants that do it. They do it far from yeah. off through scan everybody. So that's been a big deal. Pat has to. Uh, if since we work in twenty six states, she has. Check with the state, see what their regulations are. Check with the county, check with the city, or whatever where we're working, and and you know, and stay on top of that because yeah. I mean, it's almost kind of like doing a one call, you know, every eleven sure. twelve days. I mean, you better be yeah, because yeah, it changes by the news hour a lot of times. You get a new policy passed the That's next right. day, and That's all right. of a sudden, and things you don't you got to quarantine for two weeks, so yeah. you can't air travel in and out of the state. That's right. A lot of your work though is probably considered essential. Working we are. Plant, fact, we've got some railroad. stickers. We've got some stickers uh, on the side uh, on the windows. Uh, we've got letters from uh, uh, energy companies that show essential workers. So, yeah, pretty much everything we've been doing is energy related lately. Yeah. So, yeah, we we kept on working through. We got stopped, uh, especially my guys that live in uh, Louisiana with Louisiana tags. Yeah. We got stopped in Texas a good bit. Really. And, uh, Luckily, none of, them, luckily, none of them lived in New Orleans, and, yeah, they, yeah. and they let them go, and they showed them the letter. You know, what are y'all doing over here? He goes, this is where we're working. We're working for ExxonMobil. We're working for so-and-so. And yeah. showed them the letter, and they said, okay, go on. Wow. So we did get checked, uh, and, and 99.9% of the officers were very good to work with, but we have run into a couple that I didn't care if it had a letter or whatever. It was get back to Louisiana, not in nice words. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. So where do where do you think the world's going with this thing? Is it gonna are we changed forever? Oh, we we just got to about November the fourth and then are we be changed over with. just to the end of this election. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I did some research and this, if I got bored one night sitting in the which is not very often, but I was sitting in in the bed and I was kind of looking at things. I looked up, you know, the cold, I mean the flu yeah. versus the virus and every day since January one, and there's more people, about a hundred something people dying more of the flu every day than yeah. than that. And, I, and just, I, I'm not going to say the numbers on it, but I heard them on radio the other day talk about how many people are dying a day of drug abuse and alcohol abuse. Oh, it's got to be tremendous right now. I, I'll, I'll social, say what I social. think I remember, but it was talking about almost like ten thousand a day. I mean, it just it was a staggering. Yeah, the social number. impact of this thing of people being at home depression, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, domestic violence, right. suicides, the the job loss. Uh, 
And instead of millenniums one day, we're going to have the COVID babies. Yeah. Because it's yeah. going to be bigger than the baby boomers. I oh, mean, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be huge. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, there are 197 people die a day in car wrecks in Texas alone. That's almost as much as it, people die in a COVID in the United States. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I, I don't know where it's going. I just know that we got to keep working. Everybody's got to keep working. Keep uh, we got to get through. And, and uh, you know, I've got a saying, it's kind of like Marine, you've got to adapt and overcome. Well, I think as I've been able to talk to business owners and experience it myself, um, folks ask you, or I'm sure you've been asked, how did you do it? What was the secret? Um, you know, what helps you growing and helps you be successful? And a lot of times I've got, you know, folks' responses. There's no secret, right? But the ability to solve problems, the ability or the drive to work hard and do what others maybe aren't willing to do or, or won't do uh, seems to be a common a common theme. How important is that adaptability, innovation, problem solving to the success of Shackelford? Well, I, you know, I kind of tried to uh, run my business like I raised my kids, you know, and, and it's kind of some of the same same principles that what you do and and one is no matter what's going on you always be honest yeah you know it's if if it's something if it's something that bad happened or whatever you know uh your kids break something in the house or you know or you got worker out there does something you know come to them don't hide it get it out yeah you know get the problem solved right then the, the longer you wait the worse it's going to get, yep. especially, uh, you know, if you try to cover up and hide it. So, you know, I, I tell everybody all the time, I don't, I don't care how bad it hurts. It may hurt the company. Uh, we may lose money on it. Be honest with people. Let's just go there. to it and let's work it out and say, look, this is what happened on the job. We need to all get together and let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and work hard. I mean, just yeah. there's if you're going to do something, you know, I, I mentioned it running 80% and that's not the work ethic that's just how we're running machines be consistent yeah. you know and i have found over the years that we don't tear up as much our maintenance is down though ours is up some this year and, and i kind of know why on, on some job rough jobs we've had but you know let's let's be consistent with what we're doing but let's, let's work 110 percent. yeah i mean i don't believe in 100 percent when it comes to work or something like that or raising kids or you know even playing around i mean i'm i'm on if i'm gonna do it i want to do it 110 percent. yeah let, let's let's get after it i mean yeah my wife don't even like to play checkers with me because i want to win <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm, I'm well, you gotta be let's, i mean the the you gotta be competitive to do what we do you gotta have the drive you gotta like winning and like the challenge of you know competition um and a lot of folks that are in this industry and just business owners in general seem to have that common thread of competitiveness and drive and, it, and it's got to be friendly competitive you know yeah I, my competitors I, i'm not going to get every job don't want every job you yeah. know and and uh they they're in business to make money and all and they sure. beat me here beating and you know you and, and if and the good thing about it is one you and your competitors you know kind of come friends sure you know and can talk and discuss things and then every town and even help each other yeah uh, i've got a uh, guys partners with me and that's kind of in, in another business and we help each other i mean we don't really get into competitors like we used to now but i mean i've got 
four tractor pans running on a big job up toward Memphis for him now. And uh, he called me about another one day. He said, look, I think I got this negotiated. If you don't mind, I'll like roll those tractors on over into this other job. I said, get after it, man. Let's go. Man, that's Let's get cool. It. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you know, you don't cut nobody. You don't talk about other people. Uh, yeah. People are talking about other businesses to owners and stuff like that. And that's, it that's, just don't, it don't, it don't work out. Well, the owner, think. the owners don't like it. They don't want to, they don't want to hear it. They just want someone to come do a good job. And, you know, every now and then they'll ask you, you know how it is. Yeah. What you think about so-and-so? It's, look, all I know is what Jay's doing, what Shocker's doing. Yeah. You know, I hear things on the street here and there, yeah. and and that's just what they are, is hearing things. So yeah. I'd rather, you, you can, nowadays you can research anybody, whatever, however you want to, but uh, I, I, just, I don't have time to see what everybody else is doing. I have enough time. You do got your hands full, <laughs> that's man. Right. Well, man, I can't thank you enough for letting us come out. Um, it's been amazing watching the growth and learning more about the history of the company and your family. You got an awesome family. It's cool to watch you Appreciate guys it. working together, your boys and your wife and everybody. I don't know how, I don't know how much they think it's awesome sometimes. But <laughs> well, <it's- laughs> I think I watched them at dinner last night, and there's a lot of respect there at the table for what you've done and for the example that you've set. And, you know, I've listened to them uh, talk over the years and had the – the good fortune of interacting with them as well. So uh, you've done an amazing job here. And, and, and actually I've learned a lot going through this process, just working with you. I love looking at other business owners and what they've done. I do too. There's a lot of, a lot of things that I, I take away from each one of these interactions to say, you know, I need to do stuff differently uh, or better. I think there's two things that you can learn from every person and every business is what they do good and what they do bad. Yeah. I think you need to look at both of them. And that's, that's one of the things I taught my kids when they work for different people over the years is, you know, learn what they do and, and all that. But at the same time, look what they're doing bad or wrong. Yeah. Because you can always do something right. But those things you do bad and it hurts you, yeah. it hurts you bad. So you better learn from, from their mistakes and stuff. That's so, a good point. You know, and I, I still drive down the road sometimes, man, and I see it come across a construction site. I'll whoop off side road. Go take a look. At look and just sit there and look and see because there's always something I can yeah. pick up from somebody and go, you yeah. know what? Hey, I didn't ever thought about that. Or I, I might can tweak mine or something. So there's always something somebody can learn. Good, man. Well, let's do this again soon. All right. Let me know anytime. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the help. And uh, we'll look forward to, to another discussion and, and working together some more, huh? Sounds good to me. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you.